0: Hello to all my trail angels, it's Beautiful Anonymous, one hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred.
1: I'd rather go one-on-one, I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hi everybody
0: and welcome to Beautiful Anonymous, my name's Chris Gethard, it is an honor to be your host after all these years. Bringing you real conversations with real people, uncensored, in their own words, in their own vernacular, not feeding you anything because we're part of the media, just putting it out there. A snapshot of life in audio form, one human at a time. Proud to do it. Thanks to everybody who enjoyed last week's episode, Divorced at 25. There was a lot of feedback, people um, empathizing with the caller. A lot of people saying the caller sounded like a good mom and a lot of people giving me advice on better ways to clean my shower drain. So thanks, everybody, for that. As always, chrisgeth.com if you want to know when I'm getting back out on the road. Coming back in May, I know I'm plugging in early, but look, I want to come out of the gate hard. First weekend of shows is in Florida. Those are all stand-up shows. And then the first beautiful anonymous tapings are in Durham, North Carolina, and Asheville, North Carolina. I want to pack those out. chrisgeth.com for tickets. If you're in North Carolina, I want to see you. I want to hang out. And I'm going all over the country, so you can check if I'm going to be in your neck of the woods at chrisgeth.com. Okay, enough of the plugs. This week's episode is one that I've been hoping for for years. Like if you told me to make a list of topics when we first started the show of things I hope I get to talk about on here someday, that list would have been very long. But one of the things on there would have been this exact call. The caller hiked the Appalachian Trail. Appalachian Trail, Appalachian Trail, I pronounce it both ways, it's interchangeable. And we talk about the, the rigor of that, the struggle of that, the dangers with that, the beauty of that, the people you meet along the way, the ones to be wary of, as well as the angels. It's cool. It's just one of those things that it's cool that it exists. It's there, the Appalachian Trail. And there's people walking up and down it every year. And if you're like me, it's not too far from my house, and there's just people wandering. This person wandered not too far from my house, and maybe your house. And there's something about that that theoretically makes me so happy. So to hear from our callers today about their own experiences and their own worlds, what a joy. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did.
1: Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host,
0: Hello? Hi. Hey. How's it going? It's good. I feel bad. They patched you through, and uh, I was eating a snack. I'm chewing. It's very unprofessional. Uh,
1: do you want to finish your snack? Hold on. Let me just swallow real quick. Okay.
0: Okay. I'm good. I'm good. Caught okay. me act red handed. I'm good. Eating some goldfish. Hi. No, you have nothing to apologize for. I'm the idiot. I'm the idiot trying to scarf down some goldfish before we begin. How are you? How's things?
1: Uh, I am good. Um, I don't have great service around these parts. I'm actually in a parking lot by a supermarket. So Okay. Living okay. large. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You sound good. You sound um, good. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Uh, good to know. Um, so I, I got a lot to talk about here. Um, kind of wanted to get to it. Uh, about a month ago, I finished, um, hiking the Appalachian Trail and we, uh, started in Maine and went to Georgia. So kind of, uh, most people go the other way. Wow. So congrats. It was sort of, thank you. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, not what I expected. That's for sure. Uh,
0: I've always fantasized about it, but physically I am fairly certain I could not do it. Yeah. I mean,
1: you'd be surprised. Like there, I think this year there was a dude in his eighties, um, who now like has the record for the oldest person to do the AT. Like it's pretty stunning what, uh, our bodies can do. Like, um, there was a five-year-old uh, who, he didn't hike alone, but uh, <laughs> he, he was with uh, his parents, and he I think he was the youngest kid to, uh, he had to get a special permission to hike Katahdin, which is the, uh, like, the end of uh, the trail going north, wow. so, you I, I don't know, you might be able to surprise yourself to get out there. Are you close to the trail?
0: It's funny, because I am pretty close to the trail, I think, because a pretty decent chunk of it, um, crosses through New Jersey, I think, but specifically in an area of New Jersey where I think, and you would know more than I would about how true this is everywhere. It's not like the Appalachian trail is like a daily factor in the lives of living, of people living in New Jersey, unless I would imagine you're in a place that butts up right against it. Um, so it's, it's Northwest of where I am, but I could drive. I think I could drive to an app. I could drive to a trailhead in an hour. I'm pretty sure. Sweet. Yeah. An hour and a half tops. And <laughs> I've been told that the New Jersey portion is about four days of people's time on the trail. Generally, is what I've been told.
1: Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, it was super cool, actually. I really, I enjoyed New Jersey way more than uh, Connecticut and New York, which so there was so much rain. Um, this year in the spring and, and in the summer that uh, the mosquitoes were just horrendous. By the time we got to Connecticut, mm-hmm. um, so it was mm-hmm. like, uh, and like we we would hike for maybe ten or eleven hours a day, and it was just like nonstop swarming of mosquitoes. Like we would set, I would set my tent up at lunch just so we could have like a break <laughs> from the bugs. So by the time we got to New Jersey, they they had let uh, let up a little bit, which was. A nice reprieve.
0: Well, that's. I'm glad to hear that Jersey brought something positive to the table. I think a lot of people who comes in the Northeast go. I actually liked Jersey a lot better than I thought I would. I feel like that's not not just the Appalachian Trail. I feel like in general. Um, can I ask what state you live in when you're not out there wandering wandering the trails?
1: Yeah, I'm from Maine, and I, I currently live in. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and yeah so many questions I've always wanted to talk to somebody who's done it okay I'll just start throwing out some questions in general okay. are, are you someone are you an outdoorsy person hiker in general was it always a goal did something specific prompt it or was it just like a bucket list I'd love to get it done someday
1: I, yeah, I would say I'm definitely an outdoorsy person but I'm, I actually was not much of a backpacker um, I had backpacked before a little bit like 10 years ago in Yosemite and one other spot. Um, but definitely like super into hiking and running, um, tons of trails out here. So yes to that. Um, and also like some people on the trail, like definitely like w- one woman that I hiked with almost the whole way that I met on the trail, like she, um, she wanted to do it since high school and she was, uh, 24. But I was like, it was like, pandemic still raging, you know, as it is still now, but, um, it, it was starting to let up that, you know, you could get a vaccine and I was working in this warehouse job, um, actually an outdoors company. And so I was like packing clothes in the boxes for other people who were like going on cool adventures and doing that eight hours a day, which is pretty miserable. <laughs> um, so then I was like, Oh, maybe I should, you know, something crazy and get out of here and the hope was to go on the trip and like you know figure something out for the future which i think a lot of people do you know like well i have so much time while i'm hiking to kind of like realize things about myself and you know maybe find a new direction and uh the reality for me was that I, i did that a little bit but like you're just so tired like, it's pretty – it's so hard. <laughs> that was, that was uh, something that I realized very quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I, was there another other question that I missed there?
0: No, we'll get to all of them. So you in, – in a way, you're going, oh, this is going to be like this spiritual awakening. I'm going to hit the reset button in my life and really figure myself out. And then at the end of the day, you're like, uh, if I can – I have to get away from these mosquitoes and if I can put it, if I can hoof it for an extra mile or two, I might get to a place where I can take a shower in the morning. Let's focus on that. Yeah. So if there's a lot of that.
1: Yeah, a lot of dreaming about food. Uh, so we carry usually like three or four days at a time and the food you carry is like not amazing. Like you're you really, you're trying to just limit the amount of weight you're carrying. So. Every, any food that you're buying, you have to like put in your pack and it's weight on your back. So like usually people eat like ramen, they eat instant mashed potatoes. Um, I ate a lot of Doritos and Fritos and gummy bears. Like this is just like the worst food you can, you can think of as like high in calories. So while you're eating that stuff, you're just like dreaming about like pizza or like uh, an apple, like just like delicious fresh food. So that, that's kind of the stuff you think about a lot on the mm-hmm. trail. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people actually like some people lose a lot of weight. Um, well, the, one of the women that I hiked with lost like 35 pounds. Um, and she started to get pretty worried about being just, you know, not, not, a uh, not being healthy enough to keep hiking. So not uh, not thinking about like super important life stuff when you're like, I'm hungry. <laughs> and
0: how often, because I know, so talk to me about this because I have read up a, not, a lot about it. I got so many questions I want to ask you. So there's like a an economy around the trail. There's towns that the trail cuts through where there's yep. places to buy supplies or where people will mail things to be held and wait for them or restaurants or places to spend a couple bucks to have a room to sleep and a shower for a night. All that. How often are you passing through an actual town or do you kind of have to get off the trail for that? How, do, how does that economy and ability to get food and the actual infrastructure work as far as stretches in desolation versus stretches where you're passing through stuff that feels yeah. more civilized?
1: It really depends. So like the reason that, I guess one of the reasons that a lot of people start in the south is that, um, if you start in the north, you're doing this really hard mountain and then you're immediately going into what's called the hundred mile wilderness, which is a hundred miles between towns. So usually that's like, unless you're a really good hiker, that's like 10 days worth of hiking without like between towns. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of this really long, it's up. Desolate, but it's like wilderness, you know. Like there's a few logging roads that go through it. There's there's no cell service for most of it, so that's the biggest chunk between towns. Um, and you really, there, I don't know how many, maybe maybe five or six towns, maybe a few more that you actually walk through. But there's always like, besides hundred mile stretch, there's like every I want to say forty miles ish. There's a major like a paved road that will give you the ability to get to town to then like get the food you need. And usually there would be like a hostel, like a specific hostel, a hiker hostel. Like, so it's because there's so many people coming through, like they're able to have this hostel that's takes in hikers and has hot showers and dorm, like bunk, you know, bunk style rooms for pretty cheap. There are those like trail towns that, that cater to hikers, which is like, pretty essential. (laughs) I think back in the day, there weren't as many hostels. And what people did a lot is I think they would hitch into a town and buy the food they needed at the supermarket and then just hitch back out. And, you know, that's you can still do that, but it's just a different experience, I guess.
0: These are towns that I would have to bet they're so off the grid, right? like people aren't just passing through these towns as they like drive to their doctor's appointment. These are towns that exist because of their relationship with the trail and hikers.
1: Would you say this is true uh, maybe for some of them, I wouldn't say by and large, that's true like one of them is like Hanover um so it's like you know this a pretty the town is doing pretty well, you know Dartmouth is there, so that's one of the um towns that the trail goes through but i guess in in more like kind of in the middle of virginia you're you're kind of following the ridges there there are some towns that are p- probably getting quite a lot of business from hikers especially um the ones that are starting south and going north cuz so many of them drop off um after that so before they drop off there's just you know we heard stories of like uh there's shelters along the trail like every 10 miles so at a shelter that's supposed to hold like eight people in the shelter and maybe like five tents there will be like 50 tents at a shelter
0: 50 people that sounds like a party but things get pretty funky at those shelters we'll find out when we get back Thanks to all of our advertisers. Now let's go ahead and get back out onto the trail with our caller.
1: So, before they drop off, there's just, you know, we heard stories of like, uh, there's shelters along the trail, like every 10 miles. So, at a shelter that's supposed to hold like eight people in the shelter and maybe like five tents, there'd be like 50 tents at a shelter. And so, you know, it's a shitload of people. Um, Sorry, Sally. And uh, they, you know, if they're hitting a trail town. That's a ton of, you know, a ton of business mm-hmm. for the for those mm-hmm. towns for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. One of my other big logistical questions, because I want to keep getting through all the basics. Like, right there's all the questions that you get asked every time you mention this, and I want to get through all of those <laughs> so we can get to the deeper stuff. One of the big ones, yeah. I imagine, that has to be, I would imagine, irritating because so many people hike the trail every year. Yep. But it's this thing that's. The Appalachian Trail, one of the really fascinating things about it is, like you said, you're going through Jersey, Connecticut, New York. You're going through places where people are probably within a few minutes of it or even within sight of it at times, maybe don't even realize that it's right there. Um, Like me, I couldn't tell you exactly where it is in Jersey, but I know it's rather close. So it's this kind of like hidden culture unto itself that cuts through these places. You don't hear about all the people who start off in Georgia and make it to Maine or start off in Maine and make it to Georgia what you tend to hear about if you're not a backpacker who's on the message boards communicating about the Appalachian Trail because it's part of your life your culture you have an affinity for it is the disasters right you hear about safety issues or you hear you know you hear about i i there's um this podcast called Out Alive and Outside magazine um rebroadcast one of their episodes about a pretty infamous case about a a guy who is mentally unwell, hiking the Appalachian Trail and was encountering a lot of hikers who were going, this person is unwell, Mm -hmm. Getting, getting to the shelters and kind of threatening people and chasing them away and showing them knives. And eventually he murdered a couple people. And it was a really fascinating thing because they talked about how the culture of the trail is one where it's like, okay, if you want to report a person who you encounter on the trail, who is clearly mentally unwell and dangerous, you probably don't have cell service when you encounter them. So you're Mm -hmm. reporting them a couple days later. And at that point, what are the police from that municipality going to do? Because you don't know who this person was or how far they made it. And when you think of it as far as being able to police it, so you hear about those stories. Or like, I don't know that – I don't think he was on the Appalachian Trail because he was found in Florida, but you read about the mostly harmless hiker who went viral so many times, everybody trying to figure out the identity of this backpacker who died while – while hiking and who had spent time oh, on the trail. Yep. And I read an article about a guy who was on the FBI's most wanted list who had spent years hiking up and down the the trail under his trail name, oh. people didn't know it. So you hear about that stuff because that's sensationalistic, but I do feel bound to ask you about safety and how stories like that travel, if you hear about them, if those are overblown, because that is what the layman who doesn't, have an interest in this, hears about is when somebody goes nuts and a murder happens or disaster unfolds. So what's your relationship with the safety issues of the trail?
1: Um, So I felt very safe, I would say. Um, Mostly what we worried about was uh, Lyme disease, which is like a lot of people say that's kind of a bigger, a lot of people worry about bears and then a lot of people like, well, Lyme disease is actually a much bigger issue Um, But in terms of like, yeah, worrying about other people on the trail, um, something that has been helpful is there are um, different Facebook groups that people, you know, at at any one time, there are people at every part of the trail. Um, So if weird things, they see something weird, have some kind of odd interaction, people will post on those um, groups to let everyone else know uh, what's going on. And then other people will be like, okay, yep, I saw them here. Um, So like, actually one weird, weird character that we kept hearing about, um, uh, this past year was this dude named Hammerman. Um, that that's kind of just what people started calling him. And he was in Pennsylvania and apparently he would hang out, um, on the trail, which there was like, not really close to any town. So it was like kind of weird. So he would hang out in blue jeans shirtless with a hammer and just like make really weird, um, uncomfortable eye contact with, Female hikers. So that was a dude that we kept hearing about, and people, you know, as soon as they saw him in a new place, they would tell us, or, or you know, they would post it to the group so that everyone would know. Um, so, I, I, I mean, kind of like you were saying. So that's one kind of weird guy um, over, you know, miles of trail. I can
0: find people on Reddit. There's an Appalachian Trail subreddit where people are posting warning about seven months ago. Well, it's saying a man going Sobo, southbound, I imagine, right? Yep, yep. Get the big brain on Chris there. Uh, So a guy (laughs) says, at mile 1112 tag run stream between Pine Grove Furnace Store and Green Mountain General Store, I stopped to filter water and rest. A man going Sobo came behind me, moved to them, passed by. He said he was stopping here and sat in the middle of the bridge. He had nothing but a small brown day pack and a hammer in his hand. He didn't say anything else to me, but stared intently at me the entire time. Thankfully, two other hikers came by not long after we waited together, hoping to move. And then there's all these other people posting about how they've seen him. Here's pics of him. So continue your story. But I'll I'll say for anybody listening, you can find the posts of people. The the trail, so you're kind of saying the trail has this self-policing, self-regulating culture where Mm -hmm. people can raise red flags for each other and check in. Well, that guy's a scary looking dude. Tell me more. Tell me more.
1: I'm I'm not sure I ever saw the picture. Well, so we actually had this super, I mean, this weird encounter where like, so we were kind of in that area um, and we hadn't heard anything in a while. Um, And I get to the bridge and uh, there's this little kid there in blue jeans, no shirt. And he didn't have a hammer, but he was like, "Uh, what's the password? Um, and I'm like, uh, please, can I cross? And he's like, no. And he like kind of tried to wrestle with me a little bit. <laughs> like it was wow. throwing me in. I was like, what the hell? Like is this Hammer Guy? <laughs> like what the hell's going on? Here? <laughs> so it was just like bizarre to have this weird interaction with someone that like could have been like a tiny version <laughs> of Hammer Guy. But, uh, we didn't, we never met actual Hammer Guy. Was, um, and oh, I was going to say that, so there is a, also like a women specific Facebook group in terms of like, uh, so that includes like maybe other hikers who are on the trail who are being weird with women to like, so women can um, alert each other to mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, which is unfortunately something that happens on the trail. There's so many awesome people on the trail and there are also so many just kind of like bizarre people that have any number of issues, you know? Yeah. That are out
0: there. I bet. I bet there's a lot of people who want to find themselves or who don't fit in in society who walk into the woods and feel, uh, you know, like I really, really dislike the word normal because the goalposts move on it all the time, but probably find yep. some sense of normalcy or acceptance in this because it is inherently kind of you are, you know, people who opt into doing it whether you go back to a real life afterwards or you're a lifer, like you're opting into a fringe lifestyle, at least while you're out on the trail, Mm -hmm. you find some acceptance there, but it doesn't mean your problems are being solved. It leads to some scary situations. Um, But I have to imagine 99% of the time people must feel safe and secure or else they would not be doing it.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah, I mean, it helps that it is such a social trail. Um, the, I mean, it was, I guess it was kind of just, that's was from the beginning. They wanted to have these shelters every 10 miles. So those are just like natural gathering places. Um, and it sounds like, I mean, the so the Pacific Crest Trail is like the other one that a lot of people do. Um, but it's kind of, it's just not as social because you don't have those like super established sites. Right. To meet up at, and I feel like that, like getting people together, is a good way to feel feel a lot safer too. Um, especially a lot of people that might be hiking on their own, um, you can usually count on there being a couple other people at the shelter.
0: And then what happens? So you'll meet up with the people at the shelter and you're going southbound and they're going northbound and they might say to you like, hey, uh, just keep your eyes peeled. There's a kook with a hammer down the road. Uh, He's got a staring (laughs) problem, but just keep walking. Or they might, might they also say like, hey, so like you're coming up on a store that doesn't have this type of supply. So don't burn your way through this because you're not going to be able to get any at the next place you think you're going to get any. You start to have conversations like that, I bet.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. And honestly, mostly you're talking about water and like where the good water sources are. Um, um, But there's also, this is a kind of a big change from um, how it used to be even, I guess I'm not sure how old it was, maybe like eight or nine years, but so there's now a GPS app that most people use that um, people still call it gut hook. It, It just recently changed names. But so like within that app, it, it shows you where you are, which is like, in a way, it's it kind of takes away maybe from like some of the magic of being in the wilderness, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it also is just really, really helpful um, like I was just talking about with water. So if you're not sure, like let's say you, no one's at the shelter who's from, you know, the way that you're going and shows like the guide you have shows that there's a water source, but it's seasonal and it hasn't rained in two weeks and you're not sure whether or not you should carry like an extra liter or two of water, which is really heavy, or if there's water there. So people can leave comments on the app to let you know, like, uh, well, I was here like a couple days ago, water's flowing, like, no worries.
0: And is it something um, too that your loved ones can keep track of you via GPS as well?
1: Um, you can share it with other people within the app, Um I I'm pretty sure I, I haven't done it, but the two women I was hiking with, they, they just shared their location with their family. Like, I think that was just on their mm-hmm. smartphones, not, not within like would with it. Cause I've,
0: I've heard that with some of the trail hiking that I've heard that there's been situations, uh, some famous ones where people will literally step off the trail just to urinate and then get kind of turned around trying to come back, walk in the wrong direction. And people have died not realizing, Oh, the woods look so similar. You were you were 150 yards from the trail, and you yep. de- wound up getting dehydrated because it so, can be so hard. So I would have to imagine that GPS stuff. While it might take away the magic, the safety benefits of this, people must just go okay. Well, we no longer are in this like technology-free wander through the woods, sort of like Lord of the Rings esque walk, <laughs> yeah. but. If people don't hear from you for two days and they can turn on a thing that tells them, oh, we can come save you, the benefits of that far outweigh the loss of magic, I would have to think.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, And yeah, like it's, I (laughs) I was just like not great at staying on the trail, I'll say, Uh, Mm -hmm. especially like in New York, it seemed like the Appalachian Trail wasn't really something they cared about that much. Or I don't know if it was just like the rooting of it, but. Often the, the AT would not be like, if there was like a branch in the trails, it would be like this little tiny offshoot and and you just like naturally, if you weren't paying attention, would follow the other trail. So like there were just so many times where it was just so helpful to be able to like look and be like, oh yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm a hundred yards off trail instead of like hiking another mile and then being like, huh, I haven't seen any white blazes for like, an hour.
0: And do you did you set off to do it yourself or were you, were you with friends?
1: I started alone um, and met up with two other women who, one of them also started alone and the other one started with two other people who dropped out very quickly. Um, so th- there were three of us that hiked together for almost the whole way and we all were alone in the first couple days.
0: Wow. So that's like, when you get to the end of that, that's a bond with those people who were strangers. That's like, that's a specific relationship (laughs) in your life that no one else can replicate. Because even if you do it again, it's not the first time. So you now have a bond with these two women who didn't know before you set out to do this. That's remarkable.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, we have, uh, we talk, we talk a lot still and just kind of, we're still, I you know, we've, we finished like a month ago, a little over a month ago, and we're still just kind of like processing everything that happened because we were like pretty ready to be done uh, it's by the end. So it's kind mm-hmm. of been this slow process of being like, what What the hell happened? <laughs> what does do it, we
0: do? Does it hit? So it doesn't have a victorious ending. It, it hits a point where you're like, oh, we're in Southern Virginia. I'm not going to bail now. I guess I'll just finish it. Do you have a lot of days like that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it kind of was like that yeah um so virginia in particular they call it the virginia blues um so there's like some uh, really amazing parts of virginia like shenandoah national park is there and uh the mcafee knob is like the one of the iconic pictures a lot of people take where it's like this rock overhang over this like um this valley and the so people will, will they'll be on the on the overhang um so anyway there's like uh, Highlands is also, there's these like little ponies that that are in the Grayson Highlands. That's another like really beautiful part of Virginia, but it's the whole state. There's 500 miles of trail there. And so much of it is you're walking on these ridges and you just kind of go up for a while and then you don't see anything. And then you go down for a while and then you just keep doing that like for days and days and days. And you just kind of start to lose your mind. Um, (laughs) Yeah that was rough Um, it also started to get cold like you know we're we're hiking in uh, November and December Um, like we had a uh, a day where uh, you know our water started freezing in our packs Um, we had a low of like 15 one night um, which is just like it's not great (laughs) to to, uh, sleep in that I kind of thought it would be, like, I just, I, like, for whatever reason, I just didn't really know what to expect. Like, I thought you'd hike for, like, half the day and then, like, you know, swim in the water. And, like, I almost brought an extra pair of running shoes because, like, oh, well, you know, (laughs) I can, like, go running in the afternoons. Um, And it's just, like, not that. (laughs) If you want to do the whole trail, like, you really have to, um, you got to hike for, like, 10 hours a day. And you get faster, but, like, you just, like, the terrain gets easier, so you you end up just having to do more miles, uh, and you're just exhausted. Like, when you get done, maybe it's, like, starting to get dark, so you you set up your tent, um, you cook your food, you talk for, like, five, ten minutes, and then you just, like, pass out, (laughs) and then, like, sleep for ten hours. Like, it's definitely not, like, a vacation in any way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love this. Okay. Let's check the time. We're, we got 31 minutes left. So we're about halfway there. Okay. Okay. So one thing I love is you've said, you're like, you kind of set out with this idea that it's going to be like reset your life. And then really you're mostly worried about mosquitoes. (laughs) I think it's going to be this (laughs) like, yeah, you, you sit here thinking about food. You you think that there's gonna be this like adventure quality to it and diving off of waterfalls and going on runs and really you're just like losing your mind in Virginia because everything has looked the same for days. <laughs> that being said, there must be some things you philosophically walk away with that you didn't have before. And I wonder what those are.
1: For sure. And I do wanna say also that there are there were so so many amazing parts. Like for the first couple months, I probably jumped in every body water that the, we came across like and there's this these beautiful lakes and streams and rivers um and almost every day in Maine and New Hampshire, you're going up some amazing mountain and just seeing you know mountains and wilderness for miles and miles, so it wasn't it wasn't like, I was just like this is awful <laughs> no, but the reality the reality <laughs> sets
0: in of oh, you're gonna walk yeah, 'cause how exactly. many how many months does it take to
1: in total uh we it took us like five and a half um. When you're walking for
0: five and a half months, there's no way that every here's the sad truth of how life works, right? When you're doing something for five and a half months straight, there's gonna be days where you go, "Great, I'm looking at the most beautiful valley I've ever seen. I wish I had a hot <laughs> cup of fucking coffee. There's gonna be days where you have that, and that's totally valid yep. like five and a half months that, there's gonna be times where you go oh i'm I'm staring into a cave and I'm perched at the top of this rock overhang." And goddamn, the earth is so beautiful. But you know what else I wish I had was a fresh pair of socks, and that's kind of more important <laughs> to me right now. And I'm sorry if that makes me great. Like, there's the reality of it. But that being said,
1: yeah.
0: So I understand. I'm not. I don't think you're painting yourself or the experience in any way as anything except beautiful. But the reality of it is real, and that's why we're talking. But I do want to know, like, yeah. so five and a half months, it changes you in some way, I'm sure, and it's pretty fresh on your mind. It was this year. So what are the things where you walk away going? Okay, I I think I've been rewired. I think I'll look at life a little differently in in this sense. Are there things you can point to that that jump out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think w- one thing like related to what we were just talking about is that like it, the drudgery, you know, as terrible as it was, like it's essential, you know, it was essential to to get there. So I guess just realizing that like I think that does apply to like any, any really difficult thing that you want to accomplish. Like there are going to be amazing moments along the way, but probably the majority of it is just going to be this, like this slog, you know, getting through all like, I, I would imagine like in your case, it's like, going to open mics you know where like maybe one person is listening you know everyone else is like looking at their notebook and like trying to figure out what jokes they're gonna tell and like doing that for years and years or like doing improv shows where there's like two people in the audience you know and you just kind of have to like Mm -hmm. keep gutting it out um, until something amazing happens
0: keep gutting it out until something amazing happens that's a hell of a quote that's a lot like life, right there. Okay, we got some ads. Everybody, be right back. Thanks once again to all the advertisers who help us bring the show to the world. Now let's finish off the phone call.
1: And you just kind of have to like mm-hmm. keep gutting it out um, until something amazing happens. Um, so, and that's something I've definitely. Um, been thinking about more recently, like because like that's crazy to like walk 2,000 miles, like what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like absurd. Yeah. But yeah, you just like have to keep at it day after day.
0: That's kind of life. There's certain things that I know, right? Reduce you, right? Like because I will say I've had this experience, like you said, professionally. There's elements of slog, and then there's also the other thing I would say that I really identify with is like there's times where it's not even open mics. There's times where it's like, oh, I just drove, you know, I stayed out on the road an extra 48 hours to do another show and I got there and I didn't do a good job promoting it and the venue didn't do a good job promoting it and I could have been home two days ago, but I'll do the show and it's my job and I'm lucky to do it. But man, do I want to be home playing with Cal instead? And Mm. it's that feeling of slog, but those moments where you're like driving overnight to get to a show or in your case where you're wandering through the woods and it feels like a day where it's slog. I wonder if you would agree with this of like, it sounds so dismal, but also we're just animals who are alive until we die someday. (laughs) And the slog reminds you of that. And it reminds you of that through tedium and through physical discomfort, and through all sorts of other emotions that range between negative and neutral. But there's something so beautiful and freeing about remembering like, I guess I just can walk through the woods and look for water and food and meet up with these two women and decide, yeah, I guess we'll walk the whole thing together. This seems like a good fit. And then we'll go home. And then someday I'll drop dead. And it doesn't have to be too much more yeah. complicated than that. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Does that make sense to you yeah. or no?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I think this is related to that, too. I was thinking, so, like, we're talking about the drudgery, but there is also, like, uh, I guess a kind of beauty in those moments of, like, yeah, I mean, this is what you were just saying, like... like that's a there's a tree there's a you know this is this kind of trail i'm sort of walking a riverbed like i've done this like a million times before but like this moment is like still unique in its own way and it's still kind of special even though it's part of this like this drudgery that i'm going through i guess like what you say like we're alive and and that's kind of like amazing Uh, i do also like i guess i don't know if i've touched on this but like it's weird being on a trail where you're like this is very privileged to be able to do this. Like yes, it yes. costs like it costs like five grand, you know, it's not like no one's like you have to go do this or, you know, we're going to put you in jail. Is <laughs> that in terms
0: of what, like getting the right gear and the amount you spend on food and lodging along the way, it averages out to five grand.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure if that usually, like, I was really cheap with gear, like got a bunch of used stuff. Um, I think that applies mostly to just like being on the trail and like, yeah, food Food and lodging, and that's that's the costs
0: that you're spending, and that's outside of the fact that you are privileged enough to be able to take six months off of work, exactly, and and know that you have a system in place where you'll be able to get back on your feet if you when when you're done with it. Totally, all of those things are luxuries that not everybody has. Um, totally, yeah. So it makes you realize the privilege.
1: Yeah, and it's an odd because like there's this whole culture of trail angels. So these are people who like some of them dedicate their lives to going out there and like showing up kind of in the middle of nowhere. And like, there's a whole, they run the whole gamut, but like some of them, like (laughs) we experienced this, where like you just come up out of the trail to like a dirt road have like a grill set up and they're like making burgers for people. Those people, you
0: must love those people when you run into them. Yeah. Oh (laughs) yeah. They're legends.
1: You're just like, Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, I've been eating, you know, ramen for like four days straight and now I'm about to eat three hamburgers. This is heaven.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, what else? What are the other life lessons? And then I have some other questions that are coming to my head that are a little juvenile mm. right now. So simplicity, privilege, the appreciation of small things. I yeah. love all these things coming
1: down. I love all these things coming down the pike at you. Um, I think just being around the same people for so long too. I just I feel like I learned to just maybe open up more, relax more, and just be more honest. I feel like I, in the past, maybe have been more guarded around people. And just like, you know, when you're around someone 10, you know, all day, every day for months and months, just barriers come down. And I don't know. Yeah, it's like just very freeing, I guess.
0: Let me ask you about, because I mentioned I had some juvenile questions. It ties directly into this. so. I'm sure you have some of the the, the, the you mentioned it was two women, right? Who you kind of connected with as your trail buddies, ultimately. You set out alone. You said at least one of them had friends who bailed. She stuck with it. Yep. So I have to imagine you've had some of the most meaningful conversations of your life with these people.
1: Uh, I guess so. <laughs>
0: well, when you're saying you start opening up, barriers start coming yeah, down yeah, yeah. with these people yeah, who are strangers yeah. at the beginning. There's also things too, though, of like, so like when you link up with them and they're strangers and then I'm sure there's some days where you're on that third day of ramen and your body goes, well, now, you, now you're now you going to go have a poop blowout and everybody else is going <laughs> to have to wait 20 minutes while you sort that out. Like that must be happening in front of strangers too. There must be m- oh, yeah. moments of intimacy that are, are things that usually in polite society we hide from each other. How do you get used to those moments around Relative strangers uh,
1: Yeah I mean it was a I would say it was a slow process but By the end of it so like one of the women I Hiked with she was like really not very Outdoorsy at all so like she She went to try to go poop In the woods the first time and she was like my body Wouldn't let me do it like I just couldn't do it <laughs> we were like uh Well you're gonna have to figure that out <laughs> Yeah <laughs> so You're gonna die um, Yeah right. <laughs> But like by the end people are just like I gotta poop Like, hold on, like, oh, it's going to be a bad one. Like, just give me a couple minutes, like, I'll catch up to you guys. (laughs) Or, like, just, we were just, like, farting on the trail, like, around each other, just, like, at first, you'd, like, try to go off the trail for, like, a ways to pee, and then by the end of it, it was just sort of, like, I'm peeing, guys, look away. (laughs) He's like, okay. And now, but,
0: I, I feel like there must also be people who have met their partners on the trail. There must be trail hookups. There must be, but there's also must be creeps looking for that. Uh,
1: yeah. A lot of that, right? Tell me yeah, about that. Uh, side we, of it. Yeah, we met a couple couples coming north that, that had met and they uh, seemed to be getting along pretty well, which was awesome. Um, there was. So the ratio, at least going south, I think it might be better going north, but it was probably like 10 to 1 um, men to women going south. So just like the the ratios are not great, <laughs> I would say. But, yeah, there's certainly people looking um, for that kind of thing. And, like, so one story I've got is um, this, this woman was hiking south, and she was very fast. She was hiking like 20 miles a day from the start, which is um, – not super normal. So she kind of, she caught up with us and she actually had a boyfriend who was hiking the PCT at the same time. I'm not sure why they didn't just hike it together, but, mm-hmm. um, but then she broke up with him and then within a day she had a new boyfriend <laughs> was just, was just like surrounded by, you know, people that you probably have a lot in common with, like outdoorsy hiker dudes. Um, and they, Uh, we're at the shelter, you know, camping at the campsite, the shelter, and then for whatever reason felt the need to have sex just like really, really, really loudly in their tent for like Mm -hmm. a pretty long time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like surrounded by other people. There were probably like 10, 15 other tents. There's probably 10 people actually like in the shelter. Uh we're just sort of like hearing this. Like everyone's just kinda of in their tent, so we weren't like talking, but I'm sure everyone was just like, What is happening? <laughs> what is going on here? Uh and in the morning I just heard one of the northbound guys just say like pretty loudly to someone else, like, Did you hear the fucking last night? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. Um, and they stayed together. So good for them. That uh yeah, success success story there. Maybe some some exhibitionism going on there.
0: What's it like going back to real life when you're done?
1: I wouldn't say that I'm in real life, but it was it was very jarring to like I'm I'm just like staying with family now, but it definitely felt like uh, I almost felt like uh, almost like an observer, like I wasn't really there. Um. Still very disconnected. I'll say. Um, I think it was like just part of the like you know these people you spend so much time with, and then you're just like kind of sever that connection. So I think that was part of it. And then you're just like every day is such like a, there's always like a very defined purpose to the day. Like oh okay we're gonna hike, you know, 15 miles or whatever, and we're gonna camp at this site, and then you know you know exactly what's gonna happen for the next like couple of days, and then you get Uh, when the trail finishes, it's very like undefined, you know? So it's, I found it pretty jarring and I'm still kind of trying to wrestle with that, I'd say, yeah. Mm.
0: When you say I'm not living real life, does that just mean you haven't gotten back into the rhythm of it or are you someone who doesn't really want to participate in real life?
1: Uh, No, I just mean like I'm not, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm like, I'm still like here, but I'm not like, I don't have like an apartment and a job and like, I guess what, more like, I haven't gone back to like a conventional, like normal life, I guess.
0: Do you have a plan? Um, Do you have a plan, or are you just riding this one out, see what happens? With <laughs> my mom, Jesus. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm on It. Uh, <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I've been applying to some jobs uh kind of outdoorsy sort of like uh, um, wildlife assistant observing kind of stuff so that would be cool i have a background in bio that i haven't really used that much so it'd be cool to uh, be able to get out there um, and I'm, I'm i didn't really think about it while i was hiking but i have a feeling people might look at like doing the at or something like oh like that's kind of hard like maybe they'll be good at the hard parts of the job. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess we'll see. Um, I mean, I
0: certainly feel like if you interview with someone and find out that they've hiked it as well, it must give you a huge in and they must be rooting for you. Yeah, totally. Right. When you meet other people have done it, there's camaraderie there,
1: I bet. Yeah. yeah. And there are so many people that we'd meet who are just like day hiking or just doing a couple of days. And, you know, they talk about like, Oh yeah, I did it like back in 95 or, you know, I did it you know, a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's like immediate understanding. Um, there are definitely people who didn't really understand. <laughs> we hear the same things over and over again. Like, so people heading North, they start in like some people start in February. A lot of people start in March. If you're going South, you can't really start until June. Cause that's when Katahdin usually opens. Um So heading South, you're just kind of, not in the same places. You're just starting later. So, but a lot of baker hikers would be like, "Oh, like isn't it pretty late for uh, people to be hiking on the trail?" And after you hear that for like the fiftieth time, <laughs> you're just like, "No, <laughs> we're not late. It's totally normal." Or people would be like, "You got a long way to go." You're like, "Yeah, like yep, yeah, we we got it." The people who have done the trail before will be like, "Like you got this. Like I know you're hating life right now, but..." you know it'll get better like you come in and out of the flow of it just like keep you know they, they're the ones who kind of know what to say so it's always nice to
0: did you ever know, think about quitting were you ever close?
1: oh yeah oh yeah um so there actually, there was a time where I probably would have quit, but the logistics of it were just like too annoying to figure out. So like, I (laughs) would have had to like, like like 10 miles back the way we'd come to get to the closest road. And I was just like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I just want to like sit down and get like airlifted out or something. But you know, that's not really an option. There's more Um, annoying
0: to quit than to keep going at that point. That's the only reason you made it.
1: We kind of talked about that. Yeah. It was just like, how, like, how do you, like, you have to get to a town that's like not a normal trail town, It's just like, um, But like, one, so part of that, why I didn't quit, was like, um, there was this guy who, he was like a really, really fast hiker. Um, and he had started in August and he caught up to us. Um, and he ended up having to get off trail because his mom, um, her cancer had come back and they were putting uh, her yeah. um, into hospice, which is brutal. Um, and he, um, I, I didn't have the right gear as it got colder. I, I was just trying to kind of figure it out on the fly. And he ended up giving me his jacket, um, when he got off. And that was right when I was thinking about quitting and I was just like, oh, fuck, <laughs> you know, like what do you say to that you can't be like oh sorry dude like like I know like what an amazing gesture but like I just don't that I'm tired you have to go care
0: you have to go care for your mom and shepherd her to the next world and you're giving me your jacket as a sign of solidarity and hope that a piece of you can continue all the way to the end but I'm kind of thinking about maybe heading home anyway so you should find somebody else like you
1: can't really yeah can't really Yeah. yeah um yeah he's a really solid dude Um, and also I think it just really, really helped to be hiking with other people. Like I don't, there are people, lots of people who do it every year alone. Um, I just never would have made it like, it's, it's just like, it's just having those people every night to talk to. Um, and when you do want to quit usually, and hopefully the other people in the group don't want to quit. And so they kind of, it's kind of like this balancing thing of like, like they, you try to step out and they kind of reach in and grab you and bring you back in. Um, and so like all of us in the group, we all had our moments. So like, what, this, is, this is super dark. Um, I just want to say that. And, and when she told me this, she also said, she was like, I know this is really dark. Um, but so when that, when the guy got off because of, um, his mom having to go in the hospice, she was like, you know, this is super dark, but, sometimes I wish that something like that would happen to someone in my family so that I'd have like a really good excuse to get off the trail. And we're just like, oh, (laughs) like, oh no, that is, that is brutal. So there are definitely some like very dark, dark moments. Yeah, because you're also
0: allowed to go home too. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. You, you don't have be to keep like, doing
0: it. I don't think it's my thing. Or like, maybe I'll just pick up from somewhere around here next year. Because people do that too. Maybe I'll just come back. Totally. And think about it. Don't need to. Yeah. Pray for suffering off trail. <laughs> I don't know but if I, I could do I it. Just... I don't know if I could do it physically or mentally. I don't know. It'd
1: yeah.
0: Certainly mess up my knees, but maybe I'd get used to mm-hmm. that. And then emotionally, who wants to deal with me being sad out on the Appalachian Trail? <laughs> who
1: wants to deal with that? you certainly have plenty of really interesting people to talk to every day though that's oh that's that would be
0: I sure. would be a good beautiful anonymous live episode, right, live from the Appalachian Trail. some I'm maybe I should just go set up a table out in like Wawa I think State Park. I think oh, yeah. Yonda State Park is part of it. Yep. If I just set yep. up a table with a recording rig, do you think people would actually sit down and play ball or would people just keep walking?
1: Oh no, for sure, especially if you had some like food. Any like some apples or like some Starburst. <laughs>
0: what if I'm like yeah, I'll you give you a Starburst? Movie?
1: <laughs> or like pizza, any, like fresh oh, food, hot yeah. food. Yeah. People would just be like, yes. I'll, what do you want me to say? Like, I'll say anything. <laughs> and
0: how, how like, is there a chance I could go out there and try to do something like that and it would just happen to be a day where no one would come by? Or is there enough traffic that you're going to get one or two people if you're out there for a few hours?
1: Oh, uh it would depend on the time of year. But like, there'd be a certain time of year in Jersey where all the northbounders, they call it the bubble, um, And it gets kind of spread out by by then for sure. But like, there would be a certain time of year where, like, yeah, you would for sure you'd see probably like twenty or thirty people oh, uh, every day for gotta, like
0: week. there was some pizza, support everybody. Say welcome to New Jersey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it. They would love you. There's actually going through Jersey. They call it deli blazing. Um, so there's it's pretty c- close enough to all these different towns where you can actually like hike a m- half mile off trail and there'll be like some kind of deli and you can just like order a couple sandwiches and then get back on trail mm. instead of having to like go to supermarket and get everything for like three or four days. Ooh. Like almost every day you can get so off. So people like, so the sandwiches. trail the
0: trail hikers, they like Jersey in general. This is not just you being like, oh, I was pleasantly surprised. Like Jersey has a good reputation amongst the trail people.
1: Yeah, I would say so. Um, it, it's In terms of like that kind of thing, like it's not known for being like, the most amazing views and the most amazing nature, but it's got like, it's got that charm to it of like, it kind of what happens is like you after, I would say if you're going North after Virginia, you're not getting so much like amazing nature. It sort of turns into more like cultural stuff. Like there's like this nudist colony in Pennsylvania that a lot of people go to. And there's like a haunted hotel. Um, and there's this, uh, there's like this cult that runs this free hostel, um, that people go to. That's like, you know, super weird. <laughs> <So it's, laughs> and, oh, and there's like a, this cool drive in movie theater that they let you camp there and they give you a little radio, um, to, uh, you know, watch the movie. So anyway, it's it's like kind of in the same vein as like that kind of stuff is like the deli blazing. They're sort of like, Oh, this is sweet. Like it's, it's maybe not what you might imagine if you're not like familiar with the AT, but it's like a cool kind of quirky part of the trail.
0: I like that. I feel like in general that matches the bigger picture. Like yeah, hey, Jersey, like it's not the prettiest place, but you can get a real good fucking sandwich. Like, I feel like that's, <laughs> that's kind of true in general about Jersey. Kind of true in general. Well, I love it. And, and what were you, so you're not sure what you're going to do now. You're crashing with family. you made a joke about how your mom is maybe saying it's time to make a plan? What's the plan? How's that? And and before you had a job. So how much do you think this has kind of pushed a reset button on your life? And how much do you think it's just a cool thing that you'll always be able to say that you did? How much of it is hard to predict?
1: Yeah, I would say, I mean, I guess kind of like I was saying, still sort of like unpacking, but I definitely don't like I talked to people who were like, I planned my whole future out on the trip on the trail and like I followed it and that's what I'm doing now like and I d- definitely do not feel like that um, yeah. how old are you? I do feel like I've def- oh sorry go ahead how old are you? I'm 35 so oh, yeah. it's like okay yeah it's like kind of time to like figure shit out <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you're also um, not young enough to go out there and be like is you're not going to like someone who's 23 or 24 might be in a phase of life where it's like, let's make some decisions about how to start. You've, you've lived a fair amount of adult life already before getting out there. That's not where yeah. you that's not where you were at heading into it necessarily either.
1: True. Um, yeah. And I think unfortunately it, I, like I've kind of followed this pattern of like I'll work for six months and then I'll like spend all that money traveling. Um, and, because I'll just be like, I can't do this job anymore. Um, And then I'll be like, okay, now I need money. And I'll like take another (laughs) kind of terrible job, uh, this like cycle. Um, And in a way, I guess this trip kind of fit that cycle. But I I do feel like I've grown in ways that maybe I'm not totally aware of. Um, I guess also like the ways that I am aware of in terms of just like, like really, really having to work hard and stick with something, even when maybe you really, really want to quit. Like maybe you have to stay at that shitty job for like (laughs) longer than six months and don't just like pull the ripcord and go to India or wherever, you know, like. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of
0: people listening going, no, fuck that. I want to go to India. There's a lot of people going, no, no, the opposite. They're probably people, are probably jealous to hear that you've gone on some of these adventures. Was India theoretical, or is that another adventure you just kind of went and randomly did?
1: You knew it was a real adventure that turned into much more of an adventure because that was in February of 2020. So, oh, it, wow, I got locked down in India. It was just like, and India was pretty scary here. So this was. It wasn't when India went like they had a really um, really high. Um, case count later but in the initial part they actually didn't didn't explode which I'm I guess no one really knows why but it was definitely the fear like they you know it's really high density uh cities and not great healthcare, so that's like very worrisome um I was like out in this jungle so that was I was not as worried about that but it's just so bizarre to be there like as COVID started where I was like I don't know. Like I was probably like definitely overreacting, but like is is society like crumbling? Like I had pretty bad internet connection. Like I was, like, do I just like live in India now? Like what are we doing here? So wait, we only have two and a half minutes left. So
0: India is another oh, adventure you went on. Appalachian Trail, what, bullet points. What are some other adventures that you've worked for six months and said, screw it, I have to go do something cool. And what are the other cool things? I've heard about the uh, trail. I've heard okay. about India. What else?
1: Um, so I did a uh, five months uh, road trip with a friend uh, around the U S and then I did three months uh, living out of like a tiny hatchback car uh, around the U S and um, three months backpacking around Central America. Damn. It's um, pretty fucking cool, man. So yeah, I mean, they're, it was, they're awesome. It's like you meet people out there who are like, You meet the craziest people like when I was in India there was a woman who had traveled to India from Germany overland like just like going from country to country taking trains and buses and um, there was a couple that I met in Moab that were from Holland and they had biked from Holland to like Vietnam and it took them like a year and a half and they were in the process in Moab they were hiking they were biking from Canada to Mexico just like, what <laughs>
0: like, What are these people doing? But you're that um, to most of us. You're them. The way you react to them, that's how most of us react to you.
1: Yeah, well, so, okay. Like, it, yeah, it's, it's been amazing. But at the same time, it's like, you, I just don't, like you can't live your life like that forever. Then why are I you? Feel like. Then why are you? Because uh, I feel like I just haven't figured out what to do. Instead. So, I guess that's what I was talking about in terms of like sticking with some shitty job while trying to figure out like a sustainable way to like find something better that I actually enjoy doing. Um, I don't know. Like, I've always been into tons of different creative stuff. Like, I really want to, uh, a, lot, a lot, like on the hike, we talked about uh, writing a musical about the hike and about just all the characters and kind of the, the struggle of it. So, that's kind of a project I've been working on on the side. Right, musical um, about
0: the Appalachian Trail. It's a hell of a bomb to drop with eight seconds left. <laughs> yeah,
1: we kind of—I didn't realize how uh, we were running out of time there. But I love it. I don't know,
0: man. Yeah. Well, hold on, because I feel like I feel like we just threw huge amounts of gasoline in like the last five minutes. I have one big question <laughs> I got to ask, one big one, because I won't forgive myself if I don't know some of okay. this. So, you're talking about how you're like a wanderer but maybe flummox yourself a little bit. But I think for a lot of us, it's not the job that keeps us from going on the big adventures. It's the people in our lives, right? It's the significant others, it's the family, it's this and that. So where's your life at with that stuff? Because that, that is an anchor that I think about where I go, I'd, I'd love to go live out of a hatchback for three months at a time, but I got people I love. I can't be away from, for three months. And you say you have family and it sounds like your mom yeah. gives you the business, but you've mentioned this. So
1: <laughs>
0: relationships wise, where are you at? Because that's the other piece of the puzzle that I need to know about before I let you off the phone.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um, I was in um, yeah, a long-term relationship for um, about six years and we broke up a couple years ago. Um, kind of because I, was still, you know, working these terrible jobs, <laughs> and she was like, you know, she talked about how it made her anxious, like really anxious, to see me kind of flailing. Um, and since then, yeah, I, I haven't been in any meaningful relationships. Um, and I do feel like, like I, I definitely have friends, but I feel like I don't have a really strong community which is something that kind of before the pandemic started I was like I really want to kind of like that feels good to try to think about being rooted somewhere and developing that like I feel like that as sort of like a almost like a hunger inside you know like I feel like there were people that I met traveling like a lot of people who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s and they're just kind of like lonely and kind of lost, and you know they I think feel like there's always that balance between like uh freedom and loneliness um and they kind of made their choice, I guess or it's just kind of what happened and i it, it feels like you know maybe that's a future me, and it worries me for sure um so I feel like i I definitely do want to try to focus on uh separate from like having a job that i care about like be that i definitely want and need to have uh, a strong community and then on top of that i would love to have um you know meaningful romantic relationship as well as um yeah just other meaningful relationships so yeah i guess the answer is i I don't have too much of that right now. Uh, I certainly have family around. Um, but that's a whole other story. There's, there's lots, of, lots of family issues. <laughs> but um, they definitely love me and I love them. Um, and so, yeah, so I don't, I don't know if that, if that answered that.
0: Well, you're one of those people who I find very lovely in life, but also confounding, where it's like there's no answer that doesn't lead to more questions.
1: It's, it's real. Yeah, it's too bad. I, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I really loved listening to your, um, the, the really long conversations you had with those two people. Uh, and I was like, I was like, it's so cool that they can just kind of like maybe meander a little more. And there's, there's just plenty of time, but you know, it, I understand that it's, it's not, been, it's
0: not been well, enough. much like you that's did in your months perfect. out on the trail, we covered a lot of ground here today. And I feel very lucky that I got to talk to you. I've always been fascinated by the experience of walking the trail. And then I also feel like we got into some of your, uh, some of your personality about what, what drove the whole thing. So thanks for filling me in and thanks for opening up, letting your guard down and telling me these stories.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks. I just, I I listen, I listen to podcasts a lot and I just want to say like, it's like, it's, you're doing an amazing thing and it's really, it's just kind of like, it's an honor to, to be able to, to participate in it and to just kind of, um, share all the stuff. It's an honor
0: for me. Every time I get to do it, it's an honor (laughs) for me. So thank you so much.
1: Thanks. And you you should definitely get out there and do the trail magic that, that would like blow their minds if they're like, wait, what's going on? Maybe maybe I'll go, maybe
0: I'll head out to the Jersey section of it. Maybe I'll head out to the Jersey section of it, see if I can meet some people this year. Who knows?
1: That'd be cool. (laughs) Thanks so
0: much for talking.
1: Cool. Thank you so much, Chris. Take
0: care. Caller, thanks so much for calling. Staying safe, for remembering so much. Tell us today, I can't wait to hear about Appalachian Trail the musical. I hope that it's a huge smash and Broadway success someday. Maybe we'll do, uh, I'll help, help. If you ever want to do it in New York, let me know. I'll see if I can help, uh, de- help you debut it out there. Thank you so much to Anita Flores for producing the show. Thank you to Marcus Ham and Jared O'Connell for your engineering talents. Our theme songs by Shell Shag. Go to ChrisGeth.com if you want to know more about me. If you're listening, there's a button that says subscribe or favorite or follow, something like that. You know it's there when you hit that button. Oh, good Lord, does it help us. So please do so. You can find all of our merch at podswag.com. There's mugs, there's shirts, there's posters and more. And you can get ad-free episodes at Beautiful Anonymous and tons of other shows over at Stitcher Premium. Use the promo code stories for a 1 month free trial at stitcher.com/premium.